Mic check, mic check. More Masters Podcast, was made of course. Uh, this is the audio version of this episode, which is out on YouTube. Uh, it should be out tomorrow, so get it now. We got it uh, about 12 hours early. So uh, let's jump right into it, man. Let's get the music going. Treasure every irreplaceable Mic check, mic check, mic check. More than the Masters podcast, I mean, of course. Got a dope episode for y'all, man. I ain't did audios in a while. But we back. Trying to build some consistency. Let's get it. Mic check, mic check, let's get it, let's get it. And look, man, this episode I got Mr. Donald Doe and Lacey Doe, okay, uh, father and daughter, all right? Uh, dope episode, man, uh, had a phenomenal time uh, talking to these people. Uh, very, very, very uh, tumultuous relationship uh, most of their lives. Uh, I just can't express enough how uh, courageous it was to have that conversation here on this platform where uh, you have a, a, a daughter who is expressing that her dad wasn't there for her when she needed her, that she felt this way about this, about that way about that, uh, domestic violence, uh, abandonment, uh, those type of topics, and to sit there and watch him uh, respond in a manner, in manner which he responded, which was accountability, uh, which was uh, leadership, which was blame it on me, mm-hmm. it's my fault. And we're going to fix it <laughs> I thought it was dope um, And that's a dope part being a dad uh, anyway, No matter what, it's your fault, right? <laughs> you take the blame and you go from there um, Without further ado, let's get into the episode, man Alright, mic check, mic check One of my podcasts, I'm going to pause Got two special guests across from me Lacey Doe And my favorite, Donald Doe <laughs> Name right, it's Lacey, right? I said it right, it's not right. I mean, yes, yeah. thank you. Okay, cool. <laughs> Took a while, I'm not, I, I don't know why I just gonna keep saying another word. Another, I keep saying Lacey, I don't know why I keep saying that for some yeah, reason. That's but not it. I know you tell me every time, too. every time you make sure I know it's not it. Lacey, that's it, right? Gotcha, Lacey, Lacey. How y'all been? Good, I'm doing well. How you been? I ain't seen you in a minute. I've been good, I've been, been good? really good. Yeah, I see you, you, you post some more, you know what I'm saying? You uh. You got your, your videos going, you know, live every every Thursday now, you said you're going to do it on Thursday, yep. so that's good. Yeah. Just consistency. Don't worry, if you don't, if you don't be consistent, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you know, trust me. I I'm know. Gonna <laughs> I don't play with the content. How you been, Mr. Doe? Doing well. Doing exceptionally well. Well, you you consistent, so, you know. Yeah, I try to. I'm proud of you for that, man. Yeah, do a great job, man. <laughs> He put he put some great reels out, man. His grill be uh, it, last it's inspiring. Real was like last week. <laughs> hey, look, you it, ain't put it, nothing up. It's the thing. It's the thing. <laughs> a 
Oh wow, this is this, the haters is not. Really, you know, it's, a, it's the thing, right? It's the thing about, about the real though. It, it's it's not about how much, how much you put out. It's about like the impact it has when you put it out. So. But you just had a conversation with me about consistency. <laughs> I did because you was you was spotty. You were like, hey, 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 hey. I'm like, damn, is it Monday? Is it not Monday? You know. But now I know it's good. And, you know, and last one was very was last one was good. You did real good last time. I didn't expect that from you because you sometimes you be shy. You hold back a lot, and like you was just like candid and open. I said, okay, she in her bag. <laughs> I even stopped watching Hassan. I'm stopped watching them. I'm about to come back later on and see how she did. So I appreciate that. But um, yeah. I, so I know today we, we wanted to talk. Um, and I think it was it's good because I had you on first last year. I think mm-hmm. last year you went on a few times, but last year. And I remember uh, just too much your upbringing and, and things like that, and how you got into credit repair and stuff. And um, a good portion of it had to do with your dad, mm-hmm. All right? But in in today's society, we we kind of we kind of know what was was present. So presently, you have a, a great relationship, mm-hmm. and then, but I know in that you was like you know for a, a, I guess a span of time in your life, um, there wasn't a great relationship at some point. Right. So what I want to do today is just kind of um, you know use y'all story, y'all talk talk about things and and open up to things. And what I wanted my goal for this is for somebody to watch this and to either if they have a, a good relationship with, they, with their kid, whether it's a daughter or son, whatever, for them to keep that going. If they don't, for them to second guess it and kind of you know. Um, Use y'all to you know have a better relationship because uh, me knowing y'all now, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that the stuff I, that you say oh you know how you feel you feel that way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So because um, you're a lady, we're gonna start with you, okay? Mm-hmm. I just want to tell and I want to walk you into it. So I want you to tell me like not don't just go ahead and just you no know, start stabbing throwing punches. You know I want you to be like <laughs> hey look, just tell me like you know what your upbringing was like you know what the presence was like or lack of presence was like and what you thought about it. And in time, I will be stopping. I'm gonna ask some questions. Just to kind of get his perspective on that uh, part of the life. Okay. 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 Well, from what I remember growing up, um, growing up as a child, we had a lot of good moments. <clears throat> a lot of people don't really, like when I started to talk about where I grew up at and stuff like that, like I remember the trailer, the second one. I don't remember the first one, but we lived in a trailer in um, North Augusta or Belvedere, whatever you want to call it. And um, I remember that trailer very, very clear. And it's crazy because when I talk about it or share, like, how I grew up, people would be like, you grew up in a trailer? I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, started from the bottom. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we grew up in that trailer. And I remember um, the first time that he brought a, a dog home for us because my dad was a truck driver. Um he brought a dog home for us and it was like one of the happiest feelings for for us um and it ended up being like our childhood dog so we did have a lot of good memories um and then I had like a lot of memories that kind of were a little scary um just because of the dynamic of my parents relationship Mm -hmm. and being so young and being able to remember still very clear some of those things, it scarred me a little bit. But we did a lot of things together as a family. Um, we still spent a lot of time together. We did a lot of things at home and even um, down to like improvising. You know, I remember at one point, I don't I don't know exactly what happened, but I remember um, bills going unpaid and improvising in a way of like, you know, we letting up the windows for AC or <laughs> lighting candles for light, stuff gotcha, like gotcha. that, you know? So <clears throat> I am still very grateful for both of my parents because they did 
definitely make a way. Um, but as far as the presence goes as a child, I don't remember too much presence. And that was a problem for me. And the presence that I did remember was filled with, with violence for me as a child is what I remember. Um, so I would like to say that coming into like my preteens and stuff like that, it did scar me and it, it, it's also the reason why I chose some of the friendships and or intimate relationships that I chose. Gotcha. Um, and so I, I want to ask mm-hmm. real quick, um, how, how long were y'all like together as a family, like, just all together? Like, um, I think like, you and mom were married for like, what, 13 years? Yeah, uh, from yeah, it's thirteen years. Okay, thirteen years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. how was you like when, whenever, whenever he left? I guess. Um, I don't even remember. So we talking about? We talked. That was in Aiken, and I had to be in elementary what? school. Well, well, that was two thousand and six. So it's it's twenty twenty three now. So, um, so that's seventeen years ago. Mm. So you were. Uh, what year was you born? I'm 26. Okay, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah, so, All right. So, so she was nine. Okay, so you were young when, yeah. when. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess let me ask that question. I guess it's a better question. How did it affect you, like having a family be together and then not having a family be together? Like, what, 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 what changed for you? Besides, of course, the dad not being there. But I'm saying, what changed for you? Like, what, what, what changes did you see in yourself or within things around you? Um, in myself, I, I seen I. I became very angry. I was angry. I was confused. I was upset. I felt abandoned. Um, I felt a lot of rage, and that's what changed for me. Um, And then kind of seeing what my mom started to go through, because for the most part, my parents were together. My mom didn't work. You know, my Mm -hmm. dad did most of the providing. So then to have to live with her and trust that she's supposed to provide for us now was a, a, a stretch for me. Gotcha. Not saying that she couldn't do it because my mom always could get good jobs and stuff like that, but we depended so much on my father. So then to go to have to go from that to this, it was just kind of like, okay, well, what are we going to do about this? Or what are you going to do about this? Like everything for me changed because I feel like mindset wise, I then had to become almost like head of household. Um, and be the mother for like myself, my sister, and my mother. You the oldest? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I guess I want to ask: Did you blame him for that? Did you? Did you oh, blame I did. Him? As a child, I definitely did. So that's where the rage and hate came from. Like, it was bad. I but, did because, and I think that for me, I watched him leave. So I seen it. I I watched him come in, pack his stuff up, and walk out the door. Mm-hmm. I watched it. So there was um, confusion there, like what's going on, like why is this happening, like you know, y'all. This is all I know. Right, right. And now, as far as like, you know, a dynamic, as far as like, um, you supposed to be with the person that you have kids with and stuff like that. That whole outlook changed for me because maybe this is not what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, is this what it's supposed to be? So I, that's where most of my hate came from as a child because I, I never. Even when we went and talked about it in therapy, one of the first things I brought up was I watched you leave. Like, I watched it. It's not no, my mama came to me and said, your daddy left. Like, I watched you walk past me and walk out of the door. <laughs> you, you, you didn't ask him no questions? No. I don't ask that. I'm, I'm not being funny. I know it sounds funny. I joke, but I'm, I asked that question because 
uh, I had a similar experience, not kind of like that, but I watched my dad pack a stuff. I just remember asking him, I'm a kid, like, where you going? Mm-hmm. So I'm leaving. Like, so even if even if you had asked me, I don't, it wouldn't have got no better. Because that's yeah. even, even that is like, okay, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> you leaving. You know, like, all right, why? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like you coming back? <laughs> so, uh, okay, so I can understand that, that aspect of thing. But even the blaming part, so I kind of want to dig into that because would you, I don't want to blame anybody, but was it things that were said afterwards that made you blame him? You just knew, since you saw him leave, you felt like he was the problem because you saw him leave. So you felt like it was his fault because you saw him leave. Well, I think that it was definitely a combination of both because there were things that I seen in her. Like as a child, our our household was domestic violence. It, you know, if we keeping it real. And it was from both parties. It wasn't just on one end. So you blame your mom too? No. As a child growing up, no, I did not. Why not though? Um, I don't know. You know, it, just because she didn't leave. You think because she was you was with her, so yeah, maybe because it was just kind of like, well, we here with you, which that whole dynamic starts to change as we, of course, go into. This. I think of that, yeah. But <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I as a child, question. it was just kind of like, you know, well, you stayed, so clearly you care, you love me. He left. I asked that question because two people gonna watch it, right? And somebody gonna be in your shoes, or even if it's a guy, or I mean, a boy or a male, whatever. Like, I think we tend to think that the parent that we live with did no wrong. Mm-hmm. Just the one that left is all, all wrong. Because I guess you don't see him. Yeah. And also, I, I feel like it also goes to the gender role thing automatically. Mm-hmm. The woman does no wrong if, you know, the man left or whatever. It, but it was a combination of different things. I would hear my mom talk bad about my dad. And then it was kind of like, well, maybe what she's saying true, he did leave. You know what I'm saying? So it was like things like that. And then the things that I heard and seen as a child, like there were moments where I would have to take my sister in the room. We turn up the TV loud, close the door because they're arguing, fighting or whatever. So it was a combination of all those things. Because to me as a child, I'm thinking as my father, you're supposed to protect us. I don't feel protected right now. So when he left, it was, so this is how, this, this is how you protect us. Like, you know, mama ain't ever had a job, really, for real. You've been taking care of us, and this is what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So. Just, I, I, I know. You got to make a good point. <laughs> I want to ask you as an adult now. I don't want to skip too much into it. I'm going to walk into it. I got to ask some questions mm-hmm. in a second, too. But as an adult now, would you say that it's more factors to that than just, you know, you know mama didn't work, that Because mama knew she didn't work either, right? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> they, they, both, they both contributed to whatever happened for them to, to, to break up, right? Mm-hmm. Like. In hindsight, do you think that that should be on her mind as well? Like, you know, this is the provider we got now, so I need to, I don't know, either act a certain way or succumb to certain things. I don't know what, what, what was going on, but like, what you think on her end, she could have did it differently? Um, as an adult now, I, I do wish that she stepped up and played more of a mother role and less of a victim guilt role. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure it was hard for her to go from. 13 years being married to the same man, you know, you have your child with, and then you go from that to by yourself. So I know it was tough for her, so I'm not taking that away from her, but I feel like she kind of set too long in her pity. Okay. And then you forgot that there was us, you know? So then I'm having to be the memory for you. Got you. <laughs> I do, I know, like, you kind of post thing about that now, too. I don't know how long that you, you're saying she sat in that, but um, how would you uh, compare it to sitting in pity versus, like, I guess, trying to heal? Could you talk about healing a lot? Mm-hmm. Like, 
would you say it was that or you just you like hey look no. she it was no steps into healing we just kind of because those are two different things yeah they are two different things i i don't feel like there were any steps to healing gotcha. then i feel like it was more so of this is why i'm doing it you know my husband left me blah 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 so you're using those as reasons to like sit in your pity versus those as reasons to say you know i got two kids depending on me and they've not had to do that because I had their father. Mm-hmm. So let me step up. Gotcha. So I, I, as a child, even as a child, there were things that, that she would do, you know, with us living with just her. And I would just be like, this, this doesn't even make sense. You know, but again, my anger still goes back to, well, you were supposed to take care of me anyways. <laughs> so right, 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 if right, it right, wasn't right. for you leaving, <laughs> this would never happen. Hey, man. So, it's tough being a man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so with that one, I'm going to throw it to you for a minute. Um, you have that, you have necessarily touched on everything she talked about, but <clears throat> give me your perspective of at least that time period of what she kind of described. Well, I mean, first of all, it was a very troublesome time, uh, especially for her being the oldest child and being able to kind of really see what was going on. Like she said, she saw me leave. You know, Kaylin was probably five. So even if she saw me, she probably didn't know what she was looking at. But but uh, Lacey knew what she was looking at. And so um, here's the thing. Like, um, and there's probably millions of Americans, men and women, that are staying in situations that they want to get out of. And they mm-hmm. think by staying, it's going to get better. And that's what our situation was really like um, I stayed as long as I did for my kids because I knew that if I left, it was going to be what Lacey described, you know, and so a child's vantage point is very important. See, sometimes as parents, because we think that we actually know what happens, we kind of ignore the vantage point of a child, but their vantage point is, is, is very important in helping you understand how they view it because how they view it helps helps you to help them heal. So listening to her, and we've been to therapy about this, where she talked about, well, I blamed you for this because you left. Shit, I'm supposed to be to blame. I did leave. There's no doubt about it. You know, but when you become older, of course, her perspective is different now. But I had to let her get to that place to where she could kind of like, you know, see it for herself instead of me. I want to ask you something. I'm sorry. Like how, how, you seem like a patient person, no, for the most part. Uh, yeah, I knew she was going to be. Lacey's funny, man. You know, it's funny the girl. books. <laughs> oh, my God. It anyway, took a long time anyway, to anyway, anyway, look, look, look. <laughs> How uh, patient did you have to be or how was it, uh, that process of well, letting her see for herself? Because well, that, that's a process that parents talk about a lot. Well, listen, that's why you got us here because, you know, we we're going to be very honest. I was not patient. Um, you know, once I won custody of, of, of uh, my children and then they still were giving me a hard time, I couldn't quite understand why, like, Lacey was still upset. <laughs> you know, I couldn't. I got you. So I wasn't that patient with it. I mean, we would have a lot of arguments between me and her uh, about her behavior, but that was her um, dealing with some trauma that hadn't healed, and I hadn't listened to her. You know, um, I hadn't really given her a platform to speak on her, her trauma until we went to therapy. And, and then that allowed her to speak on her trauma, and then we had a session together and I was able to see it from her perspective because because if you never let a child talk and you're doing all the talking because you're the adult, you never really know what they're dealing with. And yeah. I think once I started to hear her and hear her um, perspective and from her vantage point, I, I, I took it all in, you know, and that's when the patience came into play because I realized, OK, yeah, Don, Don, you know, you know why you left. 
but all a child knows is that you left. That's all they know. Mm-hmm. They don't. And, and and if you're a good parent, that's all they should know. They should not know all the weeds and right, oh, right. I'm leaving because some such did this to me or whatever. They got a side child or whatever, whatever. You know, they they not. It's not their job to know all of that. So basically, I had to be very comfortable with being disliked, maybe even hated. You know, for a period of time, um, while my daughter, especially my oldest daughter, um, and I and I say her especially because my youngest daughter. Uh, she's a little different than 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 Lacey. You know, they you know they they do stuff differently. Caitlin's more forgiving, and just kind of go with the program type. And Lacey's more like, nah, I'm not gonna go along with this program. Yeah, she got his face know. on right now. Like she, when you sit back on camera, you looking like, ugh, that's how you looking right now. You got to smile a little bit. Like, oh, come on, what you got going on? <laughs> but I like I like the honesty. I want to mention you mentioned something. I didn't want to skip it, but. Well, I, mean, I am gonna skip it. I'm gonna get back to it. Some my notes. Uh, the day you left, can you do you remember that day at all? Yeah, of course. I mean, because it was when people leave. What people don't realize is that when you, the day that you leave, you left probably years before that, mm. months before that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you just finally got the the courage to to physically leave. You know what I'm saying? But you had already left prior to that, so I'm, I remember it because it took so much to get up to, to build up the strength to walk out that door. It was the hardest thing that I had ever had to do um, was to walk out of that door knowing that Lacey and Kaylin were going to be in a, in a situation with their mother. Um, and so, yeah, I'm always going to remember that day. And I think that my ex at the time, because, because you know, so much had going on, I think that she probably felt like he's never going to leave. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He's just going to continue to whatever. This is, you know. And I think she took some of the some of it for granted. Like I was, you know, like I said, like I was never going to leave. But when I, but the day that I left, I remember it very, very vividly. Um, you know, we had a discussion. I wasn't mad because you get to that point in a relationship where you're not even mad anymore. You're just like, hey, this ain't working out. You know, and you're just nice and calm about it. And and I and I, she was calm too, but I don't think she realized that I was really serious. You know, because this had been going on for quite some time. And I felt like I had to leave to be a better father to my children because I could not be the father that I needed to be being in this environment Mm -hmm. because it was bringing out the worst in me. And um, so I felt like if I'm going to be a better father, I'm going to have to get away from, you know, uh, I'm going to get out of this situation. And certainly not to blame her for, uh, you know, everything. We both, you know, played our role in making sure that we had a, a terrible marriage. You know, um, but I just knew that uh, one of us had to leave and I knew it had to be me because I was more financially secure um, so I could start over. And so I so I, I left and I, I gotta say I'm always and it felt bad leaving. It really felt bad. It was it was really, really, really tough. Um, but I knew that it had to be done. Uh, I, when I said I was going to skip something. So you mentioned that uh, a time period of being disliked. Right, and maybe hate it. Right, so when I had this conversation, I, I wrote this, this this phrase down. And I'm looking at Lacey when I say this is 18 years of hatred. I want you to kind of explain that, like what you mean when you say that. Like, give me the. <clears throat> well, growing up, I didn't see him a lot. He was gone a lot, and that was, I mean, of course, it was due to work. But as a child, I don't understand that the reason why you're gone a lot is because you have to provide, and then and also because the the marriage was so toxic that it was beneficial for us in all parties if you just stayed gone. Mm-hmm. 
So as a child, I'm thinking, you know, you're never here. I mean, you're just never here. Right, so right. when you do come, it's just kind of like, all right, this is temporary, so we'll enjoy it until it end tomorrow or something. We drove trucks, right? Yes. Okay. So it was because of that, mostly because of that, then the hatred came from me seeing things that I felt like I shouldn't have to see and the measures I had to go to try to not hear it or not see the fighting or, you know, that was too much. Um, and then as I got older and we went through the custody battle, even that, like I went through a lot being the oldest because when the custody battle came to play at that point, I was what, what, 13? Yeah. I was 13. But although I had all this hate and stuff for my father, I still craved the love and attention that I felt like I was supposed to receive. So when we started going through the custody battle, it just became a whole lot because in my, I'm primarily I'm living with my mom. So when I'm at home primarily with my mother, I'm hearing how I look like my father. And it don't come out like, oh, you look like your father. It's more so from a, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I mean, I can't do nothing about that. <laughs> and then it went from you look like him to you act like him. You act just like him. Make me sick. So going through that and then having to go through a custody battle and actually having to go, when I say go through a custody battle, I remember having the, they call him a guardian, guardian at litem or mm -hmm. something like that. We had to sit down and talk to this lady. And at this time in my life, I had so much anger. I'm not talking to you about nothing. That's mm. just where I was in life. So we would sit there. We would have to answer questions. I'm just like, yeah, no, okay, whatever. You know, um, so that in addition to them coming into the home and looking at how we was living and, you know, the time frame of once they actually did separate and we moved back to Augusta, there were still so many things I felt like as a child, I'm not supposed to see. Like, I love my mother to death, but she did not make the best decisions based on what I could see. You know, you have different men coming in and out. And again, all my anger routes back to it's your fault. Because if you could have just worked this out, we wouldn't have to see this. Yeah. You know, so I, I I get your point of view, but like listen back now that we all growing, it's like it's yeah, it's really an uphill I mean, battle for a man. Like right. The moment I mean, it's she definitely made, different he, now. He, he get more hatred. The moment <laughs> yeah. she made like Donald. So, <laughs> <laughs> so going through all of that and then going I remember even going to the courthouse. We had to go to the courthouse. Tell them why we want to live with who we want to live with. Then there was this whole ordeal with my mom's side of the family. It was just a lot. So I feel like all of that put me in the space that I was in. And I feel like nobody took time to say, well, hey, Lacey, how do you feel? You know, as he talked about earlier, like, no, nobody asked me how I felt about anything or, you know, instead when growing up, I got told things like, oh, you look like you're mad at the world. That's just how you always look, you know, stuff like that versus sitting down and actually taking time to figure out, OK, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. You know, like, why are you acting like this or feeling like this? Um, I remember one time I got in trouble uh, with my mom. It was about something stupid as a child. And she packed up all my stuff and told me she was taking me to a psych ward to check me in. So I when I say nobody. She was serious? Or? No, she was serious. Oh, wow. So we packed up all my stuff and I actually went and they evaluated me. And they told her that there was nothing wrong with me. That's a bit excessive. From a mental standpoint. You blamed him for that too, though? I mean, yeah, because I feel like if my dad was here, I wouldn't have that had would to happen. go through that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He would have maybe talked her down this or something. So 
the things that I had to experience as a child is the reason where the 18 years of hate came from. And I refused to have any sort of conversation with him. All of our conversations would immediately go from zero to 10, like in one second. We never could just talk. What about the custody? So did who got custody? Well, my dad got custody. But you had to pick where y'all wanted to go. Well, we didn't really get to pick because there were so many things that he had against her as far as showing like unstable. And mm-hmm. I knew, I knew that it was more beneficial for me to live with my father. I knew that. But you said they asked y'all though. Like you had to go to yeah, court. Yeah, I mean they asked. asked. Okay. Well, here's the thing. In the state of Georgia, um, you know, my attorney, uh, he was like, well, you know, in this state at the age of 14, children can't make that decision. I think it was 14. And I said, well, I don't want to put them in that situation. So, yeah, so they de- they definitely had that option. But I told my lawyer not to push that because I didn't want them to have any backlash. Mm. I said, I'm going to take you from your mama. That way she can be mad at me. She can't be mad at y'all. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's imperative not to put kids in these situations. I mean, I got a, I feel like I got a degree on dealing with custody battles after dealing with what I had to go through with, <laughs> uh, with their mother. But with that being said, I just made sure that my children – I never wanted them to just have to go to court and be like, hey, I want to stay with my dad. Not in front of your mama. That's going to yeah, be bad for y'all. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So I kept them out of that situation. Um, we thought that it was something that we were going to have to play at one point in time. But with only having one kid of age, meaning Lacey was of age to make that decision, but Caitlin wasn't. So I just had to focus on making sure that I built up a good case um, for custody. And, um, and, and and we did. What, what What's the mindset like for you as a leader, as a man? to be okay with making that decision. Like, it's okay if they mad at me uh, even more than they already mad at me. Right. I mean, and listen, man. I if mean, for the betterment of them. <laughs> listen, man, if you're going to be that kind of parent, uh, you know, mother or father, you're going to have to realize, man, that uh, being a parent is is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like Lacey's talking about 18 years of hate. And so there's a lot of anger there uh, when you feel like, you know, the person that you expect to protect you is not protecting you, you know? So, um, that's why I said, I'm always, uh, at this point in my life, uh, very open to listening to how these girls feel. Um, especially about, um, we can sit there, we can have this conversation cause we've been to therapy about this years ago, but you know, it's, it, it, as, as a parent, you can't get in your feelings. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to be a good parent, like I, I couldn't get in my feelings. I had to just accept the fact that, okay, it's going to be rough for me, but when these kids get old, and I used to tell their mama this when she wouldn't do certain things like honor her visitation and stuff. I said, listen, at some point, I mean, you, you're you not handling your business the way you're supposed to now, but at some point, these kids are going to grow up. God forbid they had kids of, they, of, of their own, and they're going to start really questioning some of the parenting, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so you might want to do what you're supposed to do. And so that was my mentality as a father. I was just like, you know what? Let me just Let me just do what I'm supposed to do. They can be mad at me. I would always tell my daughters, and Lacey can tell you this, my favorite saying was, I'm not your friend. I'm not your friend. I'm not here. To, I'm not trying to be liked. And they made sure I wasn't liked. So, you know, I was I was not liked uh, by either one of my daughters for quite some time, but I knew what had to be done for their success long term. Um, I knew that in order for them to be successful, I had to help them overcome uh, certain environmental um, pitfalls that were around them, you know, and so, um, and 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 I, and I think that uh, you know we can look back on some of this stuff now, and um, we can sit here and smile about it and things of this nature. But it it was hard going through it. It was hard going through it as a parent, you know. Um, There's a lot of nights that I had to, you know, uh, be in the room by myself and 
talking all kind of shit, you know, like if them kids, you know, all that kind of language, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I, I wasn't gonna know, say I wasn't gonna actually say <laughs> that, say that, but you know. I was gonna ask you like, how do you not develop that oh well attitude? Yeah, like, I mean, they you, always mad so oh well, you, like f it. You're a human, so any parent that tells you that oh I've never had that moment. You, you raising teenage kids, and they always long for the parent that's not there. So when I got custody, oh my god, it got worse. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> the parent that wasn't around or wasn't making visitation, things of this nature. Oh, well, it would be better off staying with her because over here we got rules and all this other stuff. You fussing at us 24 7. Um, you know, and so it was always a tug of war dealing with that. And, and, as, and as a parent that, you know, that has always worked hard to try to do what's best for them long term, yeah, it was, it was offensive, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a yeah. lot of times, you know, some of the stuff that uh, Lacey and Kaylin both would say. But, you know, I just I just had to continue to fight the good fight. Give me your your like your point of view from uh the the time span of you know you left like what 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 was your life like during that time versus what she had to go through? Yeah, well, well first of all, when I first when I first left, of course, I had no idea what they were dealing with with their mom. Um you know, as as far as how bad it was until Lacey would tell me stuff. You know, and then I had to make sure I kept that under wraps because if it ever got back, see that's mm-hmm. the thing about it. Yeah. You li- you living with your mama right now, and so anything that I go fussing to her about, now you yeah, have yeah. to get you know yeah. punished for that. You know what I'm saying? So how long did it take you to catch on to that? Like like let me not, let I, I me not I, say nothing. I think I caught on to it pretty quick. Okay. I mean, uh, Lacey is a pretty good communicator, so she would just tell me stuff, and as long as it wasn't nothing too crazy, like where I had to say something, right, right. I just would I wouldn't even address it. You know, um, I would just tell Lisa when when Lacey would tell me certain stuff. Oh, I didn't mean to say her name, but when Lacey would tell me certain <laughs> stuff, I would uh, just reach out to to their mom and say, "Hey, um, you know, I know it's hard on you. Um, let me just have custody of the kids. You know, uh, we ain't got to worry about child support. Just just let me get the kids because it was clear that she couldn't, you know, take care of them the way it needed to be taken care of." So I didn't. I didn't really want to uh, take her to court. With having two daughters, I was trying to let the mother, you know, uh, let their mother raise them, even though I knew that probably wasn't going to work out. But I right. still wanted to have an opportunity, and um, it just kind of got to that point to where I said, you know what, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to take you to court, mm. you know. But um, what? Yeah. A, and I don't know if this has anything to do with it. But I'm just asking because <coughs> when you got custody of your girls. Did you have any other kids at that time, or just just them two? No, no, it's just. It's, oh, she would have. So, so listen, I, I left their mom uh, back in 06. Uh Divorce was final in two thousand and eight. Um, I didn't have any other kids. Okay, it's it just them two, and um, so it was tolling. Add that. Whoa, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Why you like that? <laughs> Tell them. Oh my God! So, he said, "What was life like for you?" You <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were living a life. <laughs> Ooh, he was outside. That's what they call it in twenty twenty three. I asked that question earlier really because, like, you asked how you came on. You had you had your wife, and I I didn't know that how that dynamic was. You know, like like did you feel away? Oh, I definitely felt over. away. Oh, I definitely felt away. She she got it bad for years. Jesus Christ, Lisa, what's going on? Like, why, why, why? <laughs> because why? I just I felt like. At that time That's of him nice lady, wanting, at, at that time of him wanting to date, like I said, as a child, I remember you not being there. Now you want to date these other women, but if I ask you what my favorite color is, you don't know. So I just felt like it was certain things like that, although that's something little, I felt like that's me saying 
I don't feel like as my father, you know me as your child, mm-hmm. but you want to get to know this woman. So when my stepmother did, did come around, <clears throat> I was still in my, of course, rage during that time. I wouldn't speak. I wouldn't talk to her. You know, because this my daddy. What you want? Oh, my God. You know, so it was just kind of a combination of those things. Like, now I got to share this you with this woman, and you haven't even took time to acknowledge anything I've went through, and you haven't took time to get to know me at all any. You know, so then you go and add her to the mix. So adding her made it worse in the beginning. And then they took it a step further and got married. So, <laughs> ain't one of them. <laughs> Hell, they thinking. Y'all get married? Is it successful? successful? Oh, no. Come on, uh-uh. Get, get out of here. <laughs> but, but, but you know what, though? And shout out to her, though, man. You know, um, we, we, uh, she was open to going to therapy together, man. And we got through a lot of this stuff, man, because there was so much trauma there that I just was unaware of. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that as black folks, we just kind of ignore trauma, you know, like it doesn't exist. But uh, she had a lot of trauma there. And so basically, when I left that mom, you know, I guess. And, you know, using her words. Yeah, I guess I was outside, uh, you know. Uh, hey man, handsome young man, what you got going <laughs> I was, on? So I, I was outside for a little bit until I met my Truck driver, too? Come on now. <laughs> truck driver, <laughs> truck driver, man. Nah, nah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't even that. But, because here's the thing, like, um, you know, uh, and she's right. You know, when, uh, when I was with their mom, I stayed going a lot because I had to stay going in order to stay in the marriage. If I mm. if I'd have been home a lot more, we would have got divorced a whole lot sooner. And what ended up happening was um, when I bought my first truck, I started coming home a lot more because I had more control over my business. And when I started coming home more, that's when things got worse. Gotcha. Like, now I was coming home too much, so we were seeing you know, it, me and her couldn't really get along. Couldn't miss, couldn't miss each other. Right. So basically, uh, it's the first several years when I was in trucking and I stayed on the road a lot. That was the only reason why we was probably still married, um, because I wasn't home enough to really like deal with it. So I was running from it, um, you know. But uh, with that being said, um, Lacey's uh, Lacey's Lacey's trauma was real, and I just didn't really, I didn't really uh, uh, acknowledge it because I didn't really understand. I didn't really, I didn't really hear it, hear it from her. I think as a parent, if you really love your children, if you can, if you can listen to their trauma and really internalized you like you know what okay yeah i can see how that would have made you feel that kind of way um and i think and think that uh, if you really want to help your children heal you really have to like give them a platform to speak and really like listen to that and so i think that's one of the things that helped us uh our relationship grow me listening to her right and going to therapy with her i know i've said that probably five times but um it's I important think it's important i think there's a lot of parents out here that are <laughs> Mad at, mad at grown children without realizing that they played a role in those kids being the way they are and the trauma that they're dealing with. Um, but uh, me as a father, I embraced all of that so that we could try to move forward. Um, you know, one of my favorite books is, um, uh, uh, man, uh, is um, The Art of Not Giving an F. And in that book, it basically talks about how um, – all the growth that you want is is about you going through the pain. You just can't, you know, you really got to go through it. You got to go through this pain if you really want to grow. And I know for me, when I was going through, it was very painful uh, going through some of this stuff with Lacey um, because she was able to articulate it. With Kaylin, like I say, I, not, you know, I'm not minimizing Kaylin's uh, 
you know, impact, but she didn't, she was a different child than Lacey. Mm-hmm. You know, as you can tell, being around Lacey, she's, uh, she's very, uh, opinionated. Very, uh, she's very vocal. Very, very, very um, opinionated, yeah. But she get that from me, so I can't really, you know, much. I can't really, t- <laughs> I can't really talk, uh, fuss at her too much about it. I mean, she comes by that honestly. Um, she's like a daddy. Yeah. Yeah, she, she, she really is. I mean, so when, when her mom would say stuff to her, like, you know, you acting like your daddy, I'm not sure that really, I don't think that offended her or anything. Well, you know what? I don't. I, I mean, ask you that because I only speak from a from a from a, um, a son standpoint, right? <laughs> Whenever your parent tell you act like the parent and you don't really care for that parent, it kind of pisses you off a little more. Cause like me, probably like, somebody say, "Yeah, like your dad." I, I ain't care for my dad. Like, I don't want to be like him. So don't don't say that. It kind of like a trigger. So I don't know how was it for you to hear that. Um, I I don't feel like it was a trigger because. Even though I had so much hate for him, that w- it was still the love and attention I was craving. So when she would, the the living situation I had with my mother, with me looking so much like my father and acting like him was bad. Like when he talks about when we, the custody initiated because I called him and told him my mother has jumped on me. Hmm. And immediately he was like, that's it. I can't listen to no more of your stories and not act on it. So... Going through the thing, going through so much, so so many feelings I got from her because I feel like she took the divorce and all of that stuff out on me. So being the one that gets the backlash from that, when she would say things like, "Oh, you look like your daddy," I'm like, "Okay, yeah." I mean, I, there's you, nothing you, I can do. Called about Called him, that. right? Mm-hmm. You said you were calling, like. <clears throat> So technically speaking, you still felt like that was your protection still. Like regardless I mean, I, of what you always yeah. felt like he still protected you. Yeah, for sure. Because I even think like, you know, when Lacey <laughs> talks about how she felt about me, even that, I mean, I think that th- you got to even almost dig deeper with that. Like, because it's like I hated this guy that I that I expected to protect me. And I knew that was capable of protecting me and that I want to protect me. So is that really hate? Mm-hmm. It's almost like I'm, I'm hating that you're not here to do what I know you know, you've yeah. always done. So so even that, you got to almost even unpack, you know, some of that. Like, you know, like, what what did I really hate? Maybe I hated the situation I was more so than the individual. Yeah. But because I'm the focal point and the foundation yeah. of the situation, then, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to get that hate. And, and, and you just got to be okay with that, you know. Um, you really, everything, even, you know, dealing with me on business, uh, everything has got to be long term. Everything, our relationship's got to be uh, long-term. Everything we do has to be thinking long-term, how is this going to affect us? And I guess I was um, lucky enough to be thinking back then, like, man, you know what? Let me just, let me go to therapy with Lacey and really understand what her trauma is because mm-hmm. it was just really getting, um, it was really tough between me and her, you know? What's your thoughts on that, Lacey? Like, would you, would you say it was 18 of the hatred from him or more so the situation? Like, I mean, as an adult, it was the situation, but you. as a child, it was That's him. That's how you view it. Got you. You know, you. so <clears throat> being older, yes, uh, I hated the situation because the situation put me in a space that as a child I shouldn't have been in at 9 and 10. I shouldn't have been, you know, waking my sister up and walking her to the bus. I shouldn't have been, you know, figuring out what we going to eat for dinner. I shouldn't have been telling my mama, hey, you got too many men coming in. And I shouldn't have been doing things like that. Gotcha. That wasn't my responsibility as a child. So, and it... It comes out, and for the for the longest, I used to struggle with it when, you know, my peers and I, we would talk, and, you know, we get to talking, and they start talking about childhood games and things that they played. I, I don't, I ain't played none of that. You know, I was too busy doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing mm-hmm. at 10 and 11 and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> yeah, I do agree. 
And even with the therapy standpoint, because we do keep saying that we went to therapy, let's just note on how many therapy therapists we went through. Because we went to therapy. <laughs> we started therapy when I was 13. <laughs> we didn't go to therapy until I was 18 where we actually started then working on the relationship. Well, here's gotcha. the thing. Like, at 13, I, I thought that they just needed therapy. Here's the thing. like, And I've always been this kind of father. I want to make sure they get the healing that they need first. And I felt like they had a lot of issues with their mom. And I wanted them to kind of, like, go to therapy and kind of deal with that. Because that seemed, that seemed to be the imminent need. Like, you know, they had a lot of, especially Lacey, had a lot of anger at that time towards her mom. And then I think the more we were, she was living with me, I started, okay, this girl mad at me too. So we need to go to therapy about me too. You know what I'm saying? You so thinking that it's your mom, right? I did, yeah, because, you know, when you got the, when you got your child calling you, telling you about all this bad stuff that's going on with mama, so I'm thinking, okay, let me get her in a better situation. Now you're over here with me, and now we're bumping heads on stuff because I don't I don't change her school. That was a big deal. She wanted to stay at her school. I pulled her out of the school. That was the first red flag. Uh, looking back on it, I probably should have let her stay at that school. Um, and she was there with all her friends, but I, we had moved to Columbia County, so it was a whole another whole another yeah. school. And so, um, so that was already one one strike when I got custody and changed the schools. Um, but I didn't realize it at first that uh, when I first got custody of Lacey and KK, that, that there was some trauma with me as well. Um, you know, I was so focused on you know helping them deal with the trauma for their mother that I didn't realize that there was also trauma, you know, in in our relationship. Even before us. you did the custody, so did you not know that it was trauma, like, for, with them to you? No, honestly, man, I thought that it was just, uh, I didn't even, I think that here's the thing, when you're going through some of this stuff as a parent, sometimes you, you're so focused on surviving. You know, you're going through a divorce, that's, that's a survival situation. Um, financially, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, physically, emotionally, you know, all this, you're trying to survive out of that situation. It's the reason why, um, you know, if you're, if you're dealing with certain things financially, one of the, one of the triggers that would give you some relief is a divorce because they realize that it takes a lot out of you emotionally. So I think that, you know, um, I was so, uh, caught up in what I was going through with their mom that I probably missed it. Well, not probably, obviously I missed you know, um, any trauma that they may have had because of, of my decision to leave and anything that they had saw. Um, Until you went to the therapy with her, did you ever, did you ever think about the fact that uh, the day you left, she that how, how it resonated with her at all? No, not, not until we went to therapy and she talked about it. Because um, here's the thing, as a parent, you don't know your kids see you. Right. You do stuff, you don't even know that they're really paying attention. Like, you, they may, you know, they're looking at you, but you think that they don't know what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. But she knew what she was looking at, but I just didn't know it. So for years, we didn't talk about it because I didn't realize that she, that she knew what she was looking at. Right. You know what I'm saying? Until, she, until we had a talk about it and she broke it down. Like, nah, I mean, I, that affected me. You it's know? just so much irony in the fact that, you know, you, got the, you did the custody, uh, you stepped in, took them, and I guess in your mind, you're like, I'm saving the day. And you are, but then it's like, oh, now I got to deal with this because <laughs> it, it mattered me too, not just, not just this one parent. Yeah, that's, a, that's an absolute fact. I mean, um, you know, you, you're thinking that you're putting them in a better situation, and, and ultimately you are, but, you know, you're going to still have to deal with, you know, um, any trauma they may have this this geared towards you as well. And it wasn't until I got them that I started to really kind of, understand that you know and um 
you know, shout out to Lacey because she held me accountable. You know, she held me accountable, and, and, and we got through it. I just give you a lot of credit because a, a lot of parents that give up, they'll just get mad, kick the kids out, whatever. Like, they're not dealing with it. Like, it's more like you cut a line off. You just leave. Then. If you want, just believe you're going to be here, just leave. But to, you know, stand in front of that. Well, hold up now. Um, I mean, we, you know, so we. <laughs> hold up. I definitely got kicked out. <laughs> hold, up. hold up now. <laughs> what you did, what you, what you said. So at that point, I hadn't graduated high school and um, I went to college. Well, I was forced to go to college here. Remember because, that part? Yeah. Remember yeah so we talked about that <laughs> in the last one. So, and um, I went to Aiken Tech and initially I started off as nursing because that's what I was forced to go to school for. Nurses make a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to be a nurse. So at the time of me starting college, I was 17. Technically, I was a minor. So I had to do what I was told. So I went for nursing. And then as soon as I turned 18, I changed my major. And um, when, well, no, 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 it was before I turned 18 because they called, the school called my dad to let them know I changed my major. <laughs> so I'm just like, why does it matter? You got me taking out loans anyway to pay for school. So I should be going to school for what I want to go to school for because you're not paying these loans. It's going to fall back on me. But how? who are you to tell me what I can go to school for anyway? First of all, the issue was, why are you forcing me to go to college when you didn't go? So it was like, it was a big thing for me because I'm just like, dude, you're not even in college. Like, you didn't get no degree. And you yelling and fussing at me about making a better life for myself to go to college. Like, you don't have a degree. My Nana over here living the life from doing taxes. At the time, my uncle had a car lot. Like, I don't have no example of go to school and get a degree because this is the life for you. Mm-hmm. But he forced me to do nursing. I ended up changing my major to psychology with a minor in law because that's what I thought I wanted to do at the time. Like, if I'm going to go to school and pay for it, I would rather do something I want to do. Well, when he found out, we got into this big argument. And back then, the way that we communicated, our communication styles were very, I I think it was very unhealthy. Very unhealthy. Extremely unhealthy. It would be a lot of yelling, cussing, doors slamming. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. You know? So cursing too? No, I don't Uh, think I've ever. mm -mm. Nah, nah. Slamming doors and ignoring people. Ignoring him for sure. Give him that face. You know, he calling and texting my phone, decline. I don't care that you pay this bill. Jesus Christ. So, um, after that, he ended up telling me, like, basically, if you're not going to live in my house and abide by my rules, you can't live here. And I'm just like, because I don't want to go to school for nursing. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, that landed me out. (laughs) It was more than that. But, 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 but with that being said, uh, what I will say is that, uh, 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 another book that I love is The Millionaire Next Door, and it talks about how when people become successful, um, they don't, especially if they're entrepreneurs, they teach their kids to go out and get degrees and get jobs, mainly because they don't want them to go through the rigorousness of being an entrepreneur. Mm. So it's easier for you to push them towards uh, getting some sort of degree and getting a job. And and shout out to Lacey, because she's absolutely correct. I mean, I did, I did push her to do certain things when it came to school, and she's right, I did drop out of college. And it's because I looked at my mom and I was like, man, you an entrepreneur. You ain't, you ain't, you know, you ain't got no degree, mama. You know, so I want to do what you're doing. And so I dropped out. Y'all and, all like, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, so I watched her, you know, have a very successful business and, and to this day. And 
So I should have known that my kids and watching me, they would not want to probably go to college, you know. Um, so that was really, it, that was me trying to make life easier for her, you know. Right. People look at entrepreneurship and think it's easy, but it's not. And so we, for your kids, you're trying to, you, you, we're always trying to make things easier for our kids. And in doing so, um, you know, that caused her to definitely have some backlash towards me. And it was warranted because uh, it didn't make any sense. I, I'm still puzzled by these parents who make their kids go to college when they made their success as being entrepreneurs. So like my son, I won't force him to go to college. I mean, he's going to most likely be an entrepreneur. Um, he's seen too much. And Lacey has seen too much. So once you see that much, it's really hard for you to go take a job, right, a traditional right. job. And I think, I mean, shout out to Lacey too, because like I think that's one of the things. A lot of times, uh, one of the kids has to has to step up and kind of buck the system a little bit to help the other kids afterwards. Because if not, she go to school and maybe she'd be successful in nursing. Not happy though. Then you send the next kid to school too. Like, you just gonna keep sending everybody to school and think yeah. it's okay. It's 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 tons of kids out here that go that are forced to go to school, and they get their degrees because they were forced to do that, and that's not what they wanted to do, and they never really get the chance to tap into who they really are. And what their true purpose is, and yeah. so um, that was my way of protecting her at the time. Uh, looking back on it, certainly was not a good decision, um, and she bucked it. I mean, that's 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 in line with her character. Mm. <laughs> so you, you you buck a lot. Low jab. That's, that's, that's in your character. <laughs> that's in your character. I don't. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, <laughs> you try to laugh at us. You want to answer the question at first? Yeah, I'm gonna wait. Low jab. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it talked a lot about just the, the differences, right? So at the time she's going to school, what, at what point did you fall back and say, okay, well, then you have to go to school? Like, what, at what point did you see that? Okay, well. <laughs> well, I never did fall back. I mean, oh, basically yeah. she left. And so <laughs> I didn't have to fall back and she wasn't living in my house anymore. But I think that while she was gone and she was dealing with some some concerns uh, where she was at, and we talked about it, and I said, you know what, man, Don, you know, you got to let some of this stuff go, man. You know, she's a young adult. I mean, um, she'll be okay. I mean, um, and so I think that uh, while she was gone uh, for a period of time, um, of course, we kept communicating, and I realized, you know what, if you want to come on back. And she had a situation, and she did come back, and um, and we never talked about it anymore. You know, um, I just wanted her to do whatever it was that she wanted to do, whatever that, whatever that is. And that goes for all my children. At what point, uh, Lacey, did y'all relationship start to, to have a turnaround? Because like I said, I know this, the theme is 18 of the hatred. And of course, we kind of mm-hmm. unpack that. It's not necessarily hatred per se. But mm-hmm. um, at what point did y'all relationship start to be more um, easygoing or just I love my dad type relationship versus the past? Um, maybe when I was, when, when I came back, when I came back, I was 19. Um, and when I came back, I came back with the mindset of I'm leaving again, so it didn't matter. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I came back and we were communicating better. That therapy session, it was really that therapy session that turned it around, which even though after the therapy session, I still was a little hesitant about our relationship. But during the therapy session, being able to communicate like clear things that I seen and I heard. And then instead of him saying things like, well, the reason why I did it is because blah, blah, blah. Instead, I got an actual apology 
And instead I got, you know, I didn't know that you seen that or heard that. So I feel like that was when things started to turn around because then I got the acknowledgement and, mm-hmm. and not um, an excuse for the behavior. You know, even if the reason for him doing it was very much so right as far as reaction wise. Okay, I can understand why somebody would react that way. I didn't get that. I got an apology, acknowledgement. And then from there, we started to turn things around. We spent a lot of time together. And I think then that's when we started kind of learning each other, which was learning that we are a lot alike. So then you had to kind of learn how to deal with each other being that we are a lot alike. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I ended up leaving again when I was 20. So I probably stayed at home for maybe a year and then I left again and um, I just found that not living together was most beneficial for our relationship too. So I've been gone since and that, so that 19 to 20 year old age range is when I would like to say things turned around and then maybe within the last couple of years, I'm like, yeah, that's my dog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the therapy session was a, was oh, a, yeah, for know, sure. a big portion of it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, oh. one thing that I will say real quick, uh, and not to cut you off, is that um, I, I don't feel like... Uh, I don't feel like you get the opportunity to ignore somebody's trauma. So when your children come to you and tell you they got certain trauma, you don't get to ignore that. You don't get to say, well, because I didn't mean to do it, it doesn't count. Uh. You know what I'm saying? And I think that when we went to that therapy session and she, you know, expressed certain things, I was just like, I just took it all in. I didn't, I didn't defend myself. I didn't, because if that was your vantage point, you know, if that was if that was your perception, then that's real. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they say perception is reality. And so that was your reality at that time. And 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 you were in a very vulnerable state as a child. And um and I have no right to sit here and try to spend the whole session defending myself. You know, what I need to do is help you heal from that. And so that was the position that I took. Cause I knew that her healing was a hundred percent on me. Mm. You know, I gotta do my part. I'm the foundation. And if I allow her this moment to just say, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, sometimes that, that right there is enough to help these children, um, bounce back because now they've been heard. It's their pain has been acknowledged. You know, you didn't fix everything that ever happened to them in their life, but the fact that you acknowledged it gives them permission to heal. And so, um, that's I think that that, that yeah, when we got out of that session and, and, and we had conversations about it, um, it changed our life because here's the thing about these girls. Um, even when, uh, even as a truck driver, when we had, when I had, I had joint custody. Um, well, they call it joint, but it's really not joint. Um, it was every other weekend, and so I basically geared my whole trucking business around making sure I can get my kids every other Friday, and that's what I did. And so I would tell, at the time, you know, I was dating. Um, I, this was around 07. So by then I was dating Michael, my wife. But even her, I would tell her, listen, I got to have daddy-daughter time with the girls on Friday and Saturday. Me and you get together on Sunday. You know, and so they were kind of used to, you know, even though let's say I was outside, I was only outside after I was done you know, with my time with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. Gotcha. Um, I made that a priority, and now you see me by you see me getting engaged. You see me getting serious about somebody. I think they would have preferred for me to be outside than for me <laughs> to be, you know, you know, with one woman because they thought that that was going to intrude on their time, which they had. Which, which that, hey, I mean, why wouldn't they think that? Um, you mentioned something though, like her being a, a kid. Though, like obviously, when you when you planning around seeing them, they don't know that you know you you making you you cutting you cutting out your other time for them. 
So they not they not seeing that. So you bring her around, they like, oh, what's she doing? Why is she here? Right. They don't know this whole time. You probably been seeing her anyway. It's not like she just popped up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she had been in the picture for a little while before they met her because I had to make sure she was suitable. The other, as Laser said, I was outside. Like, I, you know, the, oh, <laughs> they were not candidates. That. I mean, so. Well, listen, there were no other candidates. It was just some 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 uh, some casualties of love. <laughs> Um, love. Yeah, because when you when you're going through stuff, when you coming yeah. coming out of a very tumultuous situation, uh, you're just looking for, um, you know, you're just looking for some temporary uh, pleasure, so to speak. Um, you know, not really necessarily looking for love, because in your mind you're thinking that love may not exist. Gotcha. And so that's kind of where I was at. And so I was just focusing on being the best father I could be every other weekend uh, when I got my kids. But um, everything else uh, I wasn't that concerned about until I met Michael. And even then, that was, you know, it, it took some time for me to really let her in. But, um, but yeah, everything was, around, was about my kids. I had a bachelor pad, quote, unquote, but they had a bunk bed. One of the, it was a two-bedroom apartment, but one of the rooms had a, a, bunk, a pink bunk bed set in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So anytime somebody came by my house, they knew, okay, this guy got kids. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I can only see you when – it's not my kids' weekend, or uh, or if I got the kids on Friday and Saturday, I can see you on Sunday, you know, gotcha. stuff like that. But as a child, of course, you don't really understand. You, you don't you don't really understand the, the improv, you know, the improvising that's going on, um, and you ain't supposed to, you know. what I'm saying, I feel like if you're a good parent, you're not like, hey, look at what I'm doing for you. I'm I'm <laughs> know, only right? I'm only outside on Friday <laughs> and Saturday, but on Sunday I'm a dad, I'm a father, you know. So we, you know, we don't, we don't go into all of that. You just do what you do, and. Um, so yeah, <laughs> why are you making them faces for? Well, I'm just you know taking it all in. What kind of faces they say you made when you were younger? Why you made them faces for? You know, I, I talk. I tend to talk with my face. Have you ever tried to not do, or you just like oh it well, don't work out. it don't work out? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I wonder if people think like even now, like, you know, people think you're 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 mean. You know, you don't, well, I don't. I don't strike that. I don't strike you as that. But I've had conversations with you, so I don't know if everybody feel the same way because yeah, now. You know, I, I'll get the occasional like, oh, I thought you was mean and stuck up. Okay, well, that's what you get for thinking. See, now I'm cool. Now or or just looking at you, you know, hey, you looking <laughs> like, you looking like, why the hell you looking at me for, you know? Hey, that, yeah, that. <laughs> people be being weird. That's what it is. Oh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I do want to talk about, uh, like, and I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like as a dad, you know, um, one of the most important things is uh, uh, showing your kids, brother, daughter, son, uh, what a man is, right? Because t- typically, uh, the parent is the first sign of a man or example of a man they see. Uh, how did your relationship like uh, determine what kind of men you liked or what kind of men you picked or who you liked to, to be with, rather? Hold up, you asking me that? Or you asking her that? No, I know you like men. <laughs> but I'm saying like. Y'all relationship, that's that something you thought about? Well, let me say this. I think that a lot of the guys that she that she dealt with um, were definitely, the, 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 you know. Go easy on them. Go, go. No, just go in for the jugular. It's okay. <laughs> she, she's, <laughs> Yo, what's up with this girl today, bro? <laughs> she, every guy she's dated has been a mama's boy. And none of them uh, were ever taught how to be a man. And... You know, just from what I've seen from being around them, 
and none of them met my approval of what it takes to take care of my daughter in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And 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 that's unfortunate. Um, I'm sure their mothers did the best that they can do, but they failed at making them men. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, sh- you know, when some of these guys are like, you know better than this. Like, why are you dating this mama's boy? You got to go pick this joke. You got to go pick this man up and give him a ride on y'all date. Real quick, when you do that, are you making that face that you're making people? I hope you're not smiling doing that. But go ahead, I'm sorry. So they, they I deserve would, that face if you're it, we, we would get into a lot of arguments about <laughs> some of her dating choices. You know, um, going back to high school. Um, you know, you know her first love. Because one thing about us, like she, even with all the 18 years of hate and all this stuff, um, you know, I did the sex talk. You know, I took her to her first gynecologist disappointment. You know, I did all of that kind of stuff. And um, and I knew about her first sexual encounter. Because you went through my which, phone. Which, which was very upsetting. Because <laughs> <laughs> you went through my phone. She's very sneaky. And then told me and you wasn't mad about it. And then you punished me for 30 days. Okay, all that's true. <laughs> but... <laughs> And she got punished because she didn't talk to me about it. I wasn't mad that she had sex for the first time. I mean, we talked about protection, and so she knew how to, you know, to, you know, to use proper protection and things of this nature. Um, but I, she didn't tell me about it, so I, I think I was upset that I wasn't in the know because I felt like me and this girl talk about everything. She tell me stuff I don't even want to know. So, um, so when I didn't know about it, I, yeah, I was definitely in my feelings about it. Um, and I did put on a punishment because I was in my feelings about it. And um, but these guys were just they were they were they were bums, you know. And <laughs> and, uh, and and no disrespect to none of their moms. Their moms seem to be great people. But uh, I don't know if you can call these guys bums and then say their moms are great people. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hope nobody gets offended by that. These these, were, these seem to be pretty good young men, but they were bums but for you what think I, from a I wanted. Perspective, so I mean, like they have to understand, they have to be okay with it. You know? Yeah, but they don't have to be okay with it. But true. you know, but true this enough, is hey, true enough, true enough, true enough. This is true <laughs> enough, true but enough. no, but no, but no. I just felt like you know, I wanted her to be with a man, somebody that was going to take charge. And uh, but then again, some of this is my fault because I raised her to take charge. You can't be a, be a, be with a man if they think that you already won. She's so man. She's man. you know, so I don't know if Big some dog. of this is my fault, <laughs> you know. Um, so you know, so you I'm. Know it's some of this is your fault. So I'm looking at all of this stuff, <laughs> you know, like and, you know, maybe she can't find because every guy she dates is weak. Every last one of them, you know. Um, <laughs> Damn, <laughs> Yo, this is crazy. No, Say how you really feel? No, it's just crazy. <laughs> and, and I don't mean it. it, it you know, yeah, they are weak. And so that's just, it, it, you know, and, and I'm just like, how did, you know, what did I do to drive you towards these weak men, you know, um, that, you know, that can't even have a conversation with you. They, they're not in tune with themselves emotionally and all those other things. Like you can't, you can't grow with nobody that don't talk, you know, you can't grow with nobody that's not financially responsible. See, you know, my kids have been growing up in a different situation now with me. Like they know that you got to check credit scores, you know, uh, mm-hmm. how this dude handling business. How does he pay his bills? All this other this stuff is way more important than how this dude look. Background checks. Background checks to some degree. You know what I'm saying? What kind of person is it? Does he have a is his dad in his life? No? Okay. I don't know. That might not work out. It might work out. I mean, but I'm just saying it's something that you gotta consider. You know, gotcha. does he does he have any trauma with his mama or his dad that he hasn't dealt with? You know, um, because I think that she was a bad 
candidate for some guys probably because she had trauma, you know. So uh, it may not have always been the guy. I just know that every guy she ever brought home to my house uh, was, you know, was weak, you know. <laughs> and I don't mean that to be funny. Yeah, or like to, I, I emphasize everything. Force, weak, therapy. I love it. This is, this yeah, is amazing. So I just, <laughs> you know, good. so that's why I'm always telling, like, other women, find a, a male figure for your child. It, you know, I understand that maybe you and the father couldn't work it out, but like find somebody that can help. You can never help. You can't. You can't. No matter how great of a mother that you are, you ain't gonna never be able to 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 help him be a man. You know, that's something that you have to see. Mm-hmm. And so uh, apparently, the guys that she always dated never saw that. Apparently, um, and so I would really get frustrated at some of these candidates that she would come bring to see me because I was just like, you know, you know, this is not gonna work. You know. What's that like? Like, so it, she it, it, she bring him t- she bring him to see you, like is the vibe that day. Like, no, or just like well, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm nice. I'm really nice. Like, I'm sure that some of these guys that they watch this podcast, they're gonna probably be like, I ain't know Mr. Doe felt that way. Uh, she had a friend. It's not and they do have a friend, but, <laughs> but I feel like friends tell you the truth. Mm. You know, you weak. Mm. You know, in order to be strong, you have to accept the fact that you're weak. In order to be a the kind of man that can take care of a of a woman, you have to accept the fact that you're a mama's boy. And once you accept that, then it's something that you can correct. And you know, um, so it's it's not really a dig at none of them. They they, they, they you know you you want to be a better man, you got to accept the faults that you currently have. And so, but no, I was always nice to these guys. I mean, so um, any guy that came in my house, I treated very nice. I Never, right, Lacey? I never, you know, um, tried to bully nobody or none of this kind of stuff. You know, um, always was really nice to all these young men. What's your, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your take? Uh, what's, what's, as far as like your relationship and your, um, the kind of men you picked, the candidates? Um, so I feel like the candidates that I picked. Um, came from what I was, what I felt like I had been missing from him. Like even still, you know, getting older and stuff like that, I still felt like I missed the attention and stuff like that from him. So when I would go and date, I would go and date based on somebody giving me attention mm. or making me feel like they were giving me attention and love. Because maybe that's not what it was. Clearly, I mean that's not what it was. It could have been but, a little bit though. It could have been a little bit. Mm. Cause you could. I'm not saying they are. I don't, I don't know. I'm just. You could be weak and still give you attention. That's yeah. you know. Cause you said what you you kind of crave what you didn't get from him. Mm-hmm. So they probably had or probably he just didn't have. Maybe he didn't have time to give you attention or whatever. He mm-hmm. working whatever. That's all they got time to do to give you attention. They just can't yeah. do nothing else. So I think that when I started to, when I think about my relationships now, that's what I was looking for. I mean, yeah, I was. <clears throat> you know, now being older. I am looking at, okay, what about your parent situation and stuff like that? But even still, it it I didn't realize that I had an issue with that until I went to a ther- my therapy session, what, last month, I think I told you about that. And um, no, it wasn't last month. It was actually a couple of months before. So last year, I was extremely depressed. And so after we got through the depression, my therapy, one of my therapy sessions ended up being focused around why am I choosing the men I'm choosing? So my therapist had told me, she was like, you know, we're going to talk about just your love with your dad today and we'll focus on your mom on the next session. So she said, you know, with your dad as a child, what did you feel like you were missing? So I told her, I felt like I was missing time and attention. I mean, I knew he loved me, but to feel it, I just, you know, it wasn't there, but I just had to kind of know. 
So <clears throat> she was like, okay, now we're going to compare this to your relationship. With your relationship, you try to do so much so that you can kind of almost gain approval that you're worthy of being loved. I'm worthy of deserving this attention from you. She said, it's the same thing. Mm. So she was like, the same things that you feel like you're missing from your father, you went in these men to go get it from them. That's why you're choosing what you're choosing. She was like, think about it. The same thing you told me that you, you're not getting out of this relationship. When I asked you, what would you feel like he wasn't getting from your dad? It's the same exact thing. So now that we know that this is what it is, now we can do better. Mm. You know, so, and I always knew, like, I mean, I, I knew that the men I was bringing, I probably shouldn't have been dating. <laughs> I knew, like, I already knew going home, like, oh, my God, my daddy going to get in my behind. Like, I already knew. <laughs> yeah, I want to piggyback off what you just said, though, because I think how, how you grow up is... is that matters, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So having that, and if you don't, so for you, like you feel like you wasn't, it wasn't there. You didn't, you didn't have it. You had a different type of situation, right? Um, for me, like my daughter, I try to kiss him, hug him a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, like like he said, I, I don't want to, I don't have nobody weak, but I also want to, I don't want to miss nowhere if I if I don't have to. I mean, you're going to because you're human. Mm-hmm. So I might, I work a lot now, so I might not give him a lot of attention, but I'll bring him to the studio. I, I do a lot of stuff with him so that they don't miss. I don't know if I, but you don't mean if I'm tripping. Like I feel like it's a possibility that. I might make it hard for them to find somebody then. Because then what they try to put Mr. Perfect every time? I mean, clearly. You know what I'm saying? Cause I feel like if I, I, I'm there. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm there a lot. You know, I, I show them attention. You talking um, about your kids? Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't want them to grow up and be like, and think Here's that, because I'm, 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 say I'm 30, I'm 32, but I say right. I'm 30, right? right? They know a 30-year-old me. They don't know 25-year-old me, even right. though they was alive, but they don't know 25-year-old me. So I don't want them to be comparing an 18-year-old kid and be like, <laughs> Oh, you ain't like my daddy. I was thirty. Yeah, I, I hope not. You know what I'm saying? I'm just. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it to where that they can't be with nobody because they're looking for this exuberant person. Oh, I'm tripping. I just. I should just set the ball high and say, "Oh well, f it. That's their life." Well, here's the here's the thing. I mean, um, and I think some women are dealing with this where they feeling like they're being told, "Okay, you need to accept less in order to." to have some sort of relationship. Um, so you're talking about your children as far as, like, you're setting a certain standard for your for your kids. Right. And so when they start dating, you hope that they can, you know, find somebody suitable. Um, I mean, you just don't never know, man. I think, you, I think we all rolling the dice as parents. We don't really know mm-hmm. <laughs> what's going to come out of that. So I don't think there's no real way to answer that. Like you're doing something wrong or right. Now I will tell you this: you said something about how you work a lot. That's another thing. See, like when you work a lot, you hear what you hear what my daughter's over there saying. Um, so when I worked a lot, you know, to them, shout out to you because you said I bring them to the studio with me sometimes. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot that's of time, good. Yeah. You know, like my son, he go everywhere we go for the most part right. because because yeah, we're working, but to them, we ain't there. Mm-hmm. You know, to Lacey's, uh, her vantage point is, man, my dad wasn't there. You know. Um, and even when I was there, I I probably wasn't listening to her. See, that's another thing. You can be there and still and not be yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. even when I was there, which I was probably there sometimes more than I wanted to be there, you know, with their mom. But the problem was that I wasn't really there. I wasn't really listening, you know. Um, and so being there is not just about physically being there. You also have to be there emotionally and other ways to make the child feel fulfilled. And so... Um, yeah, it's just that when you just spoke this thing, that, that was a lot to unpack there about even your own situation. 
Um, cause you may think that, man, my kids, man, they, you know, you know, they, they're fulfilled. They got everything they need. Then you, one day you come to find out, man, you was in that studio every day doing them dumbass <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna be right here like like us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you wasn't never there for me. <laughs> gonna be like what? <laughs> oh god! <laughs> you know, so yeah, so it just it's weird, man. Um, it's 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 weird. So, oh, so but with you, right? So, um, how do you like? How do you now change that? I know you so you feel like you picked certain men based off relationship with your dad, but you got you got. A uh, gunship now. So, like, do you pick it based off now, or are you still kind of go off then? Like, how do you determine, like, when it comes to men? I think that going forward in my dating life, I'll be able to make better decisions. Because um, even still, you know, most recently becoming single, even still, that therapy session was just a couple of months ago. So it wasn't until then when I realized this is because sometimes I would have moments where I'm just like, I'm never going to get married. It's just not happening. Like, <sighs> And I would find myself, and that's how I knew I was also picking the wrong man, because I would kind of find myself unintentionally belittling them. Like, you can't even hang a picture up. What you here for? You know, like, get out. I can do it myself. So. That seemed like okay thing to do. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a picture? I mean, come on now. Like, so it would just be little things that would start to make me question, like, okay, am I just going to be single? Because I keep running into these men that need to be cared for and taken care of and shown that I don't have, I can't do that, you know, anymore. So it wasn't until that therapy session that made me realize this is where this is coming from. This is why now go do better type of deal. Because I feel like people say things like, oh, you know better when you do better. I didn't know. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know where this was coming from. True, true. You know, so I was curious. I, I I was aware there was a problem, but I just wasn't sure. So I feel like going forward in my dating life, yes, now I, I have the tool that has helped me to now be able to say, okay, I should be making better decisions in my dating life. So, yeah. You're 26, right? Yeah. Okay. What, what, what age you plan on getting married? You think it's an age? Or? I used to have an age, you know, limit. But now I just feel like, you know, still before young. I used to, yeah, I am still young. But before I used to more so like um, desire to be married. And now I've taken that out of being my main focus. So if I just continue to focus on me, work on me, do things that are going to help me improve, the right person should just come around. I'm not going to be out here looking. So I don't have an age, you know, because it should just happen. I don't I don't want to be counting down the clock and I'm like, oh, I'm almost 30 and my goal is 30. I'm not me. I'm not doing that. Good. I want you, I want you to do it. <laughs> so I'm good. I'm good. So uh, y'all, let's just like now, like how, I know you mentioned uh, the therapy session where it started getting better, but like. Tell me some uh, other key points of like when you realize like it's better, like a, a call, a conversation you had, something, an event that happened mm-hmm. that just made it to where like y'all y'all super tight now. Um. Well, uh, it, it would have to be two things. So, um, years ago, back in maybe like 2018, I was in a, my my first abusive relationship, and I did not tell my daddy about it. I mean, he met him and all, but. It began to get abusive or whatever, and I was so scared to tell anybody. So nobody knew. Um, And then the one night that I had to tell um, was the one night that it just went too far from a standpoint of, like, I I wasn't sure if I was going to make it out alive or not. 
So the first person I thought to call was my daddy. I'll just deal with the disappointment later. <laughs> like, so, um, so I called him and he stopped what he was doing. He came over there and, you know, he forced me to, to do things I didn't want to do, like press charges. Um, cause in that, in going through that, which is a whole nother session, but going through that mentally, I wasn't in the best place mentally to make a decision. The police officer was like, you know, do you want to press charges? And my dad's like, hell yeah, you want to press charges? Tell him. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, whatever he say. You know, so going through that experience with him and being able to kind of, because I feel like that also was a turning point for both of us because I seen domestic violence as a child from my parents. So then for him to have to witness his child go through something that he, you know, I seen him do, I feel like was a turning point for both of us. Cause I always had said, you know, I'm never going to end up like that. Then I have happened to have to call my father to get me out of this situation. Then after that, I was depressed for a long time. They actually let me live. I think I lived with them for like two months and he wouldn't talk. I wouldn't talk, but he was just kind of letting me, you know, be yeah, almost in a sense. But that situation was when I, I started to be more comfortable and open about the relationships I was in and what was going on because, I mean, he did make a comment that uh, uh, upset me, which was, I don't understand why you want to even still be with him after he doing that to you. But then we had a conversation about it, and I'm like, Dad, like, <clears throat> even though it was a bad relationship, I still wanted to be with him because that's just where I was emotionally and mentally at that time. I knew it was unhealthy. So I didn't need you coming in and telling me how stupid I was. Like, I already knew that. So being able to communicate to him, like, okay, this is how this situation is making me feel, that I'm calling you to get me out of it, and just the way that he handled it started to make me feel more comfortable about coming to him about other things. Mm -hmm. So um, that situation, and then most recently, last year, when I was depressed up until probably like the last three months, I was depressed. <clears throat> um for probably the last year and a half, it just slowly trickled into being even worse. And we had a conversation. He was at the barbershop. I think we had this conversation in January. And I told him, you know, it hurt my feelings because for the last couple of months, I've been extremely depressed to the point where my therapist recommended I see my primary care doctor for depression medication. And you didn't notice. And it hurt my feelings. Like, I'm sitting in the house all day. I'm sleeping all day. And, of course, um, I work for my parents as far as managing their brokerage and stuff like that. You didn't even notice. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it hurt my feelings that as my father, the one person who knows me better than anybody, you didn't even notice I wasn't in a good space because you were so caught up in whatever you was doing with yourself or whatever. You know, so breathing. I can't breathe. <laughs> so we had that conversation, and it made me extremely emotional. And you know, be, having to talk to him about that, and his response to that was, "You know what, Lacey? I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you like that. I had no idea that that's what you was going through. Instead of, well, why you didn't call me and tell me? You know, so I, it it just." The, don, the, the way that he would respond to things that I was sharing with him is what I feel like started to make our relationship different. Now I feel comfortable, you know, mm -hmm. telling him, like, hey, I had a one-night stand. This is how it went. You know? <laughs> that was a quick jump. That was a quick jump. Yeah. <laughs> you 
you're not gonna just skip past that. But, so. <laughs> but I, 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 I think what you're gonna say is like you feel more protected now too. I think if you feel like you feel it, like you feel like you can put them at anything. Like your best friends almost damn near, right? Well, she been telling. I mean, I've been I, telling him. I was gonna say because I hear what she's saying, but I've been hearing stuff. Yeah. For a she long time. Just seen it. That I don't want to hear. I, yeah, but. He started to receive things d- different. Gotcha. Like it, the the way that he would react became different. So then I felt even more comfortable sharing things that like because even when I talked about our relationship with my friends, like yeah, I told my dad blah blah blah. Yeah, he know I smoke weed and all. You know they you talk you told your dad that yeah. You didn't tell yours, <laughs> you know. So I knew that we we did have maybe what some people would consider like an abnormal relationship. But I feel like us having that relationship makes me feel comfortable letting him know when I'm in danger. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that because uh, she, she's right. Like her girlfriends, I think that they looked at it like you tell your dad. My thing was that like, um, you know, if you're doing something that's gonna hurt you, I just want you to run all this stuff by me. You know, I'm not gonna judge you. Um, like I don't judge them, and even at a younger age, like when she was in her teens, she would tell me stuff. It's mm, probably not the best decision, but I ain't gonna, <laughs> I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hold that against you. Though. Right, right. You know, because I do want, I do want y'all to tell me stuff because they tell me a lot of things, and I just be like, y'all, y'all hold thoughts out here, but uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like but, that. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, but but I do appreciate it though, because that does show a level of. Uh, you know, uh, trust that they have with me, yeah. and obviously, <laughs> looking at me, <laughs> and I do have to make sure that my response is always a healthy response. You know, so where they can come back and tell me other things. If they tell me something that don't sound right, then we, then, then we can talk about it. But um, for the most part, what I'm realizing that as a parent, that your kids just living their life, man. Mm-hmm. They just going through life just where you went through it. Parents forget that, man. Parents become parents get to parenting, and they forget. That they used to be a young person doing young person stuff, and um, you know my kids are just doing normal young twenty year old stuff. To an extent, yeah, for the most part, you know. So (laughs) and so, I've had to kind of like you know I'm not that hard on them. They just going through. They going through. Well, hold up. I'm hard on you. (laughs) You you must. Are do you mean I'm not that hard on them in certain categories? Because you, you, I was, I was forced to do a lot at a young age. Like I always had a good job, you know, pay my bills, blah, blah, whatever. And then this was something that we talked about in therapy though. And I kind of, well, we started talking about it the other day, but we didn't finish where I told you, I was like, you know, I feel like I've all, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm never truly doing anything good enough almost just when it comes to you. Because like prime example, you know, I bought the house. I bought my first house at, like, what, 20, uh, 23? And, you know, of course, you was like, yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't get that at 23. And then as soon as I bought the house, it was, get your insurance license. Then it was, you know, it, it, it took, for me, it just seemed like it was always something else I was needing to accomplish. So it was like, when is it gonna be like? You know what? I'm proud of everything that you've done because at your at 23, my peers at 23 are not buying homes, and this is no shade to them, but <clears throat> they're not. You know, so here I am at 26, kind of like, yeah, well, what's next? Because I did everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my daddy said, save all your money, go buy a house. So I did. <laughs> you know, go get a go get your license, go do this. Okay, so I do that. 
So, you know, now what? <clears throat> Which I do know and appreciate that all of it is setting me up for something greater. You know, when I do hit 30, I'm not going to be out here trying to figure out what I'm doing, financially at least. You know, so I do appreciate it, but this was kind of talking about our conversation the other day when we was talking. He was like, so you feel like I don't give you no attention? I'm like, nah, it's not that I don't feel like that, but I do feel like it's so much on me to 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 set the tone for the rest of the kids and to also make sure that my parents, everything that they're working for lives on, even if something was to happen to them. Mm -hmm. That can be a lot of pressure. You know this? Yes. Birth lottery. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call it. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's a combination of being the oldest and being more like him. So he knows, okay, if, if, I, if I tell Lacey to go do this, eventually she's going to go do it. And I know if anything happened to me, they're going to be okay. You know, so it's a, I feel like it's a combination of both. But it is a lot of pressure. Here's the thing, like, uh, and I'm just saying as, as a as a as a child that comes from a big family. I'm the oldest out of six. And some parents put more attention to the weak child. I put more attention to the strong child. Mm. And I think that's the mistake that parents make. They they go out of their way to, you know, to uh you know, coddle the child that they feel like probably is not going to make it without them. But I, I am hard on Lacey because I do expect more out of Lacey because she's shown more. Think about me as a parent. Once you show me you can do more, you done messed up now. So you should have <laughs> just kept being mediocre because when you show me you can be excellent, then I expect excellence from you. And And everything is about legacy and, like, once you become a parent, everything is about, you know, like, hey, you know, what am I leaving behind? Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, when you when you become a parent, you don't get to still go live your best life. You know what I'm saying? Because now you're, you know, everything you do is about helping your children live their best life. Right. And so, you know, she's my most responsible child. And like I said, I'm just a little bit different than other parents. Um, I'm going to stay on the more responsible child a little bit more because if I don't wake up tomorrow, I can depend on her to handle business, um, you know, until that changes. But uh, right now she's the most responsible child. So um, there's a lot of responsibility that comes along with being responsible. Um, but uh, she, she's handled it well. And um, so she's right to feel how she feels as far as and she's she's doing great. And I've told her many a times that I'm proud of her. Obviously, I haven't told her enough if she's um, expressing that here today, but uh, certainly extremely proud of the young lady that she has become and and, and proud of where she's, where she's going as well. So she's very aware. Um, and being self-aware is, is something that a lot of folks don't, they don't have that, but mm -hmm. she's got it. She's very self-aware of who she is and who she's not. And sometimes being aware of who you're not it's more important than being aware of who you are, mm. you know. So shout out to her because she does. She's very self aware. So she she's doing she's doing exceptionally well, and um, it's not easy having me as her father. I'm sure, um, you know, because um, you know I truly believe that uh, children in their twenties they have a great opportunity. If you're in your twenties and you don't have no kids, and you got no husband, there's nothing stopping you. That's not the time for you to go out here and do stupid stuff. That's the time for you to really take chances. 
take chances on where you're trying to be at financially. And then she bought her first house in her early 20s. Um, and quit my it, job. She quit her job. You can take those chances where you when you don't have kids and you don't have, you know, you don't have a husband. You don't have nobody to answer to. So you should be, that's when you're supposed to be building the foundation of your wealth is in your 20s. Um, early 30s, you know. Um, but when you start having children, I mean, of course you can still do it, but now you got to think about, yep. man, you know, I got these kids, you know, let me make sure I do what's best for them first. And because I had a child, uh, I had her when I was like 22. So, you know, at, at 22, you have a child, your whole life changes. And so my thing for them is while they're in their 20s, take chances, you know, um, you know, go out here and, and – um, Set yourself up nice while you can take risk. You can take more risk when you don't have, um, like I said before, children and a husband. Uh, Lacey, what, what, what advice would you give anyone uh, considering, rather, uh, therapy? But I guess for some reason holding back, whether it be just the black culture <clears throat> and how the family perceives therapy or um, just scared to take that step. Um, I think that... <laughs> First, we have to get out of the mindset of in order to go to therapy, something has to be extremely wrong with you. You don't have to be to the point of suicide in order to then need therapy. Like by that point, it's just kind of almost too late, you know. So you can go to therapy just because you're good in life. Like I still attend my therapy sessions, even though I ain't got nothing to talk about. So we talk about the good Mm -hmm. because those things need acknowledgement just as much as the negative and the bad and stuff like that. Um, so I, I would just tell them to just kind of do it. Don't even, cause when you start telling people therapy is the same thing as when you want to go and do something, start a business or something, you start telling people, then people start telling you bad stuff about why not to do it. <laughs> therapy works the same way. As soon as you start saying, you know, I think I'm considering therapy. Oh, you don't need to do that. Or why would you want to talk to somebody about your problems or pay somebody? It's not about that this is a professional, Mm -hmm. you know, clearly trying to do something on your own for so long. If that's landing you in the same place mentally and emotionally, then you need to seek help, you know, not waiting until the point where it becomes like a diagnosis of depression or, you know, now you're on suicide watch and stuff like that. So, I mean, my advice to people who need therapy is just to just go really just do it. You know, the first session is always your most intimidating session and it's going to pull out some things that you don't even want to discover. Like you're going to cry. But at the end of that session, your therapy is going to tell you, like, that was the point in the session. Like, so. And what what about uh, any I'll say I'm going to just say women, but any women that uh, feel like they want a repaired or a better relationship with their dad, like how would you have them go about that as well? Um, what steps to take, even even if it's just with the dad, like what steps to take towards, I guess, uh, cleaning clean up their relationship with their dad? Yeah, I think that on our end, if we're the ones that's wanting that relationship with them, you do have to be open to receive the effort that they're giving you. You know, so I think that's very important. You can't keep saying, you know, I want a relationship with my father or my daddy ain't, you know, because that's the most popular line today is how everybody daddy ain't, you know. So it's like, instead of continuing to live by that narrative because it's popular, why don't you call your father and express, you know, hey, I want a, a better relationship with you. And maybe this is probably the 10th time that you've done so, but maybe it didn't go nowhere because you couldn't even receive it. You mm-hmm. weren't in a space of receiving what he was trying to give to start, you know, building that foundation. 
So my advice is to definitely just receive wherever that's coming. It's probably not going to be what you're expecting, but it's a start. So you have to receive it in order for it to go anywhere past that. <clears throat> uh, what about you? As far as uh, uh, dads with, with their children, like how would you, if they want, that, want to get that repaired? Well, well if they just don't know about it. First thing you got to do as a parent is that you got to be, you got to be willing to, you know, respect your child's vantage point. And when you're going, especially if you're going through a divorce, I mean, because that's when everything went downhill um, with me and my children, um, the divorce. And divorce is a very traumatic event for all parties involved. And sometimes um, the husband and the wife are so, or the boyfriend and the girlfriend or whatever the situation is, they're so caught up in the breakup and everything that comes along with that that they don't realize that these kids are the real victims. And, you know, and so... Um, and I'm speaking from that perspective because that's that that was our situation, you know, going through the divorce. That's when things really, um, you know, got really bad, especially for Lacey being the oldest child, the most responsible child. Um, ended up having to not just take care of her little sister, but also her mom. Um, you know, so there was a lot of trauma there. And so basically, once she expressed to me that there was some trauma, that not just dealing with her mama, you know, joke, I got some trauma with you, too. <laughs> you know, I was, you know, you got to be open to that. And I think some parents are not open to that. They're not, you know, they want to defend themselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, if you really, really, really want to help these children grow up to be productive adults, you know, you're going to have to, you know, sit back and you're going to have to own some of this stuff. You're going to have to go get on a couch somewhere probably. Um, you know, I believe in therapy because I went to therapy and therapy saved my life. And so um, it helped me figure some things out. And so. Um, I would tell any parent, go to therapy. You 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 need therapy, you know, too. You know what I'm saying? Go to therapy and you learn how to be a better communicator and a better listener. The problem that parents have is that we don't listen, you know, and it's because we've got so much experience because we've been here before. We feel like, you know, we can uh, basically uh, examine and diagnose our children, you know, without them getting a proper diagnosis and a proper examination by a real professionals. So and sometimes we just want to make that diagnosis on ourselves. Oh, you just being disrespectful. Nah, that child might be dealing with some trauma. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's coming from somewhere. You know, um, where is that coming from? So take the time out to to really, um, you know, sit down with these kids and listen to what they have to say and, um, you know, and be concerned about their emotional and mental mental health. And so um, I'm a big proponent of mental health, and I know that it's, it's I know that it's real, and I know that uh, you know. It, and I don't want to make girls, because I was going to say I, I just speak from my experience dealing with my daughters. I know they've you know, and they still have stuff that they still have to go talk about. Um, like Lacey said, things are going great. You know, I need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to you know make sure that I'm handling that you know uh, the best. But um, I would just I would tell any parent to just listen to your children. You know, don't get defensive. Don't get in your feelings. You know, ultimately, you want to be looking at your kids 10, 10 years later and, you know, they're doing well and, you know, they are productive members of society because, you know, they can go back and look back. Well, you know what? Me and my, my dad had this conversation and it really, you know, helped me get back on track and to do the things I needed to do. And you don't want these kids to spiral out of control because you didn't. It's kids out there right now. You know, like some of my daughter friends, probably some of well, maybe a little younger than her, and they're just doing things to hurt themselves because nobody's listening to them. You know, and so some of these parents, they just don't 
you know, you got to listen to these kids, mm-hmm. regardless whether or not you think it's valid or not. You know, you still got to listen and you got to really receive it. And I think it's my receiving of everything that Lacey had to to uh, tell me is what, you know, is what helped her, you know, overcome a lot of trauma and get, you know, get her life on a certain track. And I believe that's what most young people, they just want to be heard. You know, they just want to be heard. It's one, they want to be acknowledged. And I just encourage every parent to do that. Uh, you got any closing words, Lacey? No. <laughs> <You> sure. <laughs> now I, I, I like the conversation. Um, I, I do. I like a lot of it. Um, I think I got playback value, but I do think that uh, people watching this going to uh, learn a lot from it if they if they receive it well. Um, spoke a lot about y'all relationship and just being open. Even y'all saying things now, you know, I, you may face it, but not like you know faces faces like. Mm, what you mean by that? It was all just openness, and <laughs> I like that a lot. I, I try to do the same thing. I do think that. Um, yeah, I, I give you kudos too. Just being that's strong to do to be okay with uh, you know, taking that much blame and still you know pushing forward and trying to repair that. A lot of like I said, a lot of people you see movies, you see the smallest thing, be like, "Eff it, get, get out of here, get out of my face." I'm trying, you ain't taking it. Right, oh well, but uh, yeah, that's that's a lot. And, and uh, I don't necessarily like know per se like how how you are are, but um, just with the facial expressions, I can tell sometimes you might not be that easy to deal with. So I, I just think that you know it's 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 a good thing. No, it's a, it's a good thing because you seem to be so calm and chill. Probably not all the time. Okay, that's, I get it. I know you're gonna try to tell me that. I get it. Not all the time, but um, and then for you, I just think that also like what he says. Far as, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm proud of you. Just so you know, start back up on Monday. Every Monday, to tell you proud. You know, be be for be sincere though. But I do think that um, people like you that do a lot of stuff, it's hard to keep saying you're proud of them because again, naturally you just. Assume that they that you know that, mm-hmm. but you might not know that, you know. But you do a lot of good things, so I don't. We be saying that every day, kind of, technically speaking. Yeah, we would. We be saying that every day. Cause every day I, I look up or every time you post something, it's always a, a compliment. Something you're doing, something new you're taking on. Um, like last week, just being consistent. You know, now you gonna keep doing that. I'm proud of you for being consistent. I'm proud of you for, um, you know, stepping out your shell. And I'm proud of you for not making a a, a mean face right now. So you're smiling. <laughs> proud of you. It's therapy. I'm proud of you for going to therapy and continuing <laughs> going and, and, and pushing the culture forward. Because like I said, a lot of people don't look at therapy as a, a, a positive tool. There's always negative connotations that come with it. So, um, yeah. So. Let me say this too, because uh, the reason why I'm able to sit here and because other parents may say, man, that's a lot to have to sit there and take. But like, I'm able to sit here and to take this because it's really, uh, it's about her growth. Mm. And if you really care about your children, you're going to let them sit, you're going to sit down and listen to what they had to say. Like I said, one day your kids gonna tell you that they was tired of you doing all these damn podcasts instead of spending time with them. Yeah, I, gonna, I, I agree. Know. And I asked, them, like, I asked, them, I saw thing what you said. So, because I, I asked a lot, I talked to them a lot. She, she watched the thing. I, I talked to them a lot. I asked them real serious questions, right? But I could also see them being like twenty, twenty two, and being like, I was ten. I don't know. What, you know what I'm saying? So, I feel like now I have, to, I have to keep asking them questions. I thought I was doing good. So, you know what? Damn, they ten years old. Of course you're gonna say yeah. Right? Yeah, this fun, it's fun right now. I'd be like, I, I, I spend that time with you? Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> Ten years from now, like, nah, you was never there. You kept <laughs> so I got I to gotta make sure I, I keep asking. Melissa, <laughs> man, it's a, it's a juggling act being a parent, man. Like I say, you know, uh, my, my perspective and vantage point as an adult going through all of this, of course, it's going to be different from that of a child. And I just think that parents are so caught up in, because parents know the facts. They know what's really going on. But but the child's perception of it is also a fact. <laughs> you know, that's their reality. And I think that uh, if more parents could just... I, when you see these kids out there hurting themselves, man, that's because ain't nobody listening to them. 
including their mama and they and they and their dad. And so they result to hurting themselves and making bad decisions because nobody's listening to them. And so it's easy for me to sit here and listen to Lacey, you know, um, you know, talk about whatever she want to talk about. Um, cause I'm proud of her healing process. I'm, I'm proud of, uh, where she is now emotionally, you know, being able to handle things, man. Um, and there's, there's a lot of power in taking the blame. It's always my fault. I mean, that's just the greatest leaders. They don't blame other people. Mm. So just remember that the leaders don't, if you want to blame your child, you ain't no leader. You ain't leading nothing. You know, if it's your child, the child don't know no better than the child. How you going to blame the child? You know, you don't blame the child, man. That's on you. You're going to have to eat that. You're going to have to own that if you're a real leader. So, yeah, so it's, it's nothing for me to sit here and just listen to Lacey talk about, um, you know, things that she dealt with as a child and that whole experience. I mean, that's that's a part of leadership. All right, man. Look, this was dope. I had a, a amazing conversation. I think there's a lot of gems in here, too, if you just sit back and listen. It's kind of hard. I got a lot of notes. I don't have this, notes, this much notes normally, but I got a lot of, like, points I'm trying to trying to break it down and see what – um, yeah, I appreciate y'all coming through. Uh, you know, y'all always welcome to come on. You're a great speaker. You know, you speak well, too. You know? <laughs> but that's my favorite, though. So, you know, I got to give them a little extra props. It's only because of me that you even know Not me. really. Well, not that's really. not really not true. Really. You didn't even know. That's, that's, nah, he that, knew me before. That's not, that's you, not really y'all true. Y'all didn't know each other, like, for real. You're the middleman. You kind of connect. But I'm saying, like, he knew right. of me. He knew of right. me. He kind of knew of me already. Yeah, you know? I, I did mm-hmm. know of him. But I think when I found out that you knew him, I was like, hold up. Okay, yeah, Olive Branch, and, and then all. I saw you on his. Uh, I saw you do one of his do do a podcast with him. So okay, hold up, you know, you know this guy, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how it all got. But uh, he didn't know she, you. She she don't like the fact <laughs> like she, all her yeah, people hate all her people <laughs> like because it's like favorite like favorite my favorite though. What's going on? What's going on that? Her, her problem is all her people like me. She bring anybody around me, whether it's a guy, you know, one of these. They don't be you know, knowing you for real. Likeable guy, man. Very likeable guy. I don't know them either. So I, clearly, I didn't know them either. Shame. It was all. Okay, let's wrap know. this up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, he went five minutes, went crazy five minutes. I ain't cut him off at all. Weak, weak, weak. <laughs> oh, Boom. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah, man. That's going to be a gem, man. They're going to have, they have to watch them fools and see that. That's funny. But uh, I do appreciate y'all for coming through, though. Normally you say, all right, and then we go from there. All right, cool, cool. All right, all right, cool. All right, one last podcast, we out. Here we go.